0: Thank you. Say thank you enough for supporting me and staying with me through thick and thin. And you know, I, I, there's always going to be people that say things, there's always going to be people that do things, but no matter what, my focus and my message to everybody out there is each and every day that you're living life, try and make this day better than the previous day. Let today's garbage be better than yesterday. And the fans that have always been there, the supporters that have always been there, I, I can't thank you enough for everything that you have meant for me.
1: Rocket, welcome back to another episode of the Mile Off of Golf podcast, a very quick fire episode, the same day as we finished off on the uh, 2020 US Open. Was that message from Bryson directed at you? Probably come- was. Probably was, Rocket. Probably was. It's, uh, it's, it's ta- it, this is a, a vindication podcast of some, some sorts, you could, could argue, Rocket, and uh, on a day where I'm going to say that you thought would never, ever come.
0: Well, first of all, I'd like to thank my unofficial sponsors for uh, bringing me to this uh, episode. So uh, Hershey's Chocolate Milk, um, the uh, Rollback Alliance, which we'll get into a little bit later. And also my tailor-made Burner Bubble Plus, 10.5 degree driver and 13 degree tool spoon from 1994. I could probably say that I'm gonna be chewing on a lot of humble pie. I didn't think it was possible. And he's proved a lot of people wrong, including me.
1: So is that a acknowledgement? Is that a hats off to Bryson De DeChambeau Rocket? Is that as good as it gets or have you got yeah? You know, is there some more in the tank there? I I did see a couple of little snippets where, you know, you did mention hats off and but you did carry on with the you know, I'm not even going to re- repeat, but you know, like all all of the rocket names that you've that you've that you've uh a fraud, you know, all of those things. Oh, I actually don't like to use them anymore, and I don't th- I don't feel I'm qualified to. But you did use them right up until the end. There was maybe a little acknowledgement there that you tipped the hat, you know, without the without the applause from the crowd in the background, but you did go with the hat tip at some stage for Bryson over you know the last uh, twelve hours or so.
0: I will continue to use the phrase the fraudulent physicist because. And I will get into that about the whole thing about the scientists, but let's park that and we'll leave that for the tail end of the show. I know that at the start of this tournament, I didn't think he'd make the cut for multiple multiple reasons. And I've talked about this before in terms of, uh, so for when he won the rocket mortgage. So this was the the first full, you know, this is call it peak bulk Bryson and the only reason he won that week is because he putted the eyes out of it and kind of chipped the eyes out of it. His wedge game and iron play was subpar, so I didn't think it was going to stand up in a major. Um, and and I, and I think also, you know, potentially mentally can be a wee bit fragile. However, maybe he listens to all of these podcasts and he's trying. he uses it as learning. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but everything that... I would probably call the critical things. He just was able to put everything together and deliver four rounds of just stellar golf. Like US Open is about uh, attrition. It is about um, just grinding it out. And I watched pretty much 80% of it. Uh, I watched a lot of his, and he even when he hit bad shots and had bad breaks and all that sort of stuff, he never actually lost his cool. He never did the usual Bryson, you know, have a hissy fit. So whatever, whatever changed, whatever's changed. Mentally, he's turned a corner, which is, you know, maybe if they're doing a review, they might go see. We told you if you just treat a certain way, look, look what can happen. But in terms of, we'll call it, playing four rounds of golf, you know, US Open is always, they design it to be the test to showcase who the best player in the world is. And over four days, he proved that. It was, you know, his first two rounds were just really solid, put himself in the right position. Then him paired in the final group with my other favourite person. And... Even after he had a really very ordinary sort of front nine, his back nine was quite spectacular. You know, he played a really tough stretch of holes really well. And then you go into the final round, two shots behind Matt Wolf, and his final round, probably one of the greatest final rounds you'll ever see in the US Open. It was flawless. It's literally flawless. T to, T to green, everything. Strategy, some of the shots he hit, like, can't fault it. Literally cannot fault it. So he absolutely, everything he's done in the last 12 months it's paid off and he's earned it. It's as simple as that. He was, yeah, he, if they if they went another day, he would have won by 10, probably 15, won by six. He's the only person to shoot under par on the, on the last day. He was, yeah, he's good. He's really, really good.
1: Well, he moves into a steam company. And that's a steam company of one of only three players on the planet to win three big titles, the NCAA, a U.S. Amateur, and a U.S. Open. And those three are Bryson, of course, Tiger, and Jack. It, uh, it's a pretty esteemed company, and, you know, when I reflect on what you've just said there, and that's a fair acknowledgement from you, you know, given the challenges that you've thrown out about, you know, his strategy and his mentality and the way that he addresses the game, you know, one thing that he did do, and he has done in that time, is stuck to this game plan, and it worked. It
0: out. Well, he's, so, so and, if anything, he probably actually formulated a strategy. And actually, there was an interview that happened earlier in the week. Someone's made reference to it. He potentially has listened to the Friday podcast with each interview with Jeff Ogilvie because he made reference to it or someone's pointed him in that direction because Jeff Ogilvie was asked about the strategy at Wingfoot and Jeff Ogilvie said um, it's really hard. Driving accuracy is relevant. Everyone's going to miss a ton of fairways. The most important thing is about which side of the fairway do you miss it on because you've got an opening into every green and then controlling your distance into those greens you know, from, from the rough and making sure you don't miss long and you don't miss pin high, you miss short. Or if you miss pin high, you miss on the opposite side of wherever the pin is. And if you look at the fourth hole early on, he's in the junk like he's, and his distance control from the rough, just strategy wise from the rough into these holes, is flawless. There's only only one time he short-sided himself. And even then he hit an amazing flop shot and that was on 14 I think it was and he hit a great shot out of there. That caught could have easily, he could have easily turned that into a double but he turned it into a par.
1: He certainly seemed to me, and I certainly didn't watch as much of the golf over the weekend as you but I watched what counted. He looked like he was playing a different game out of the rough. Now it was probably you know, the least fairways hit on any US Open, not just from the winner but from the whole field probably. But he certainly looked like coming out of the rough he was playing different shot and different ball
0: oh we can get into that after because we'll we'll dig into the game and this is not a bryson thing this is actually you know people have talked about this already in terms of what he's done so here's the other thing right 12 months ago he's decided oh, i'm going to chase distance because i have to and he did and in the history of golf there is there is a graveyard of careers that have chased distance. He is the first person to resurrect whatever it was and come out alive chasing distance. And 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 he's also been very open about it. Like, gotta give him credit. Like he may not be the most <laughs> he says some really dumb stuff, right? Um, and I will continue to pick on that until he stops saying dumb stuff. And the commentators stop pandering to this. He's a scientist and does all these calculations. It's complete, it's just, they just have to stop. It's rubbish. But he, I reckon he got to the point where he's like, someone's either said to him, there are a lot of people that are gonna be dismissive of you and you just need to just, who cares? And you Stop being, trying to be liked by everyone and just go do, just be you. And that's what he's done. Even down to the quarantine video, he's a great content man, and you got to give it hats to him, right? As I said, dips my lid. Like he's being him. I can dislike it as much as I want. That's fine. But you have to acknowledge what the man has done is amazing. You still, I still think the catalyst goes back to PGA last year at at Bethpage, where you got Brooks, right? Brooks is on it on this. Two year, two and a half year tear, and it's an acknowledgement that to be a, to contend in majors, you have to bomb it. So maybe he's done the science because he's not, he's not, he's a better putter than he was. So he's figured that out, right? So he's more consistent. His short game is good. His iron play is good. His wedge play is average, and we'll call it if you put all of those things together and including the way he drove the ball out of all the facets of the game, he was just good at all of them. He wasn't great at one thing. So if you think of all of the top golfers, there's one or two things. They're just great at, like they're just unbelievable. And that separates them. And he's like, I don't have, like if you were to like stack him up against someone, I would put him in the Ricky camp because Ricky's good at all things. He's just not great at one thing. And that puts you in this middle band of you're just a, you sit in the middle. And I reckon he's just going, I have to be great at something. And what can I, what can I, you know, it'd take me too long to try and fix my iron game, wedge game I can hit track man and start dialing stuff in and practicing that more. Short game is just more practice, figure out my putting. And you think about this method he's got now, it's like this very consistent pendulum like motion, right? It's just, It's locked in, right? It it stops you from being quite twitchy. It's very bolt up, right? and it just works for him, right? So then it's like, what are you left with? Well, the one thing that's really consistent is like driver, especially with the equipment now, you can swing as hard as you want. So that means if you are 20, 30, 40 in something, since it's 50 yards further down the fairway, closer to the hole, it's going to be far easier to hit a wedge or a nine iron out of the rough than it can be hitting, trying to hit a five iron or a six iron from the fairway. Or even if you miss that fairway, you're trying to hit a five or a six iron out of the rough. So then, you know, you just take risk and reward. And that's what he's done. He's, six, he's 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 gone, I have to be the longest. And he's gone and done it. He's gone, how do I do this? I have to get bigger. I have to swing faster. I have to swing harder. Changed a few little things in his swing just to make sure he's able to do that and do it in a way that, he can repeat it, and he's not going to injure himself. Like we talked about this on one podcast before, how he releases through everything. So, what he's doing is not unique with his foot sliding out. No, no, no. Because a lot of people see that and they think that's unique. But if you go back and you look at, you can look at even Matt Wolf. Now you can go look at Bubba. Bubba was one of the first ones. Patrick, yeah. Patrick Reed, Justin Thomas. All the ones that give it a bit of a crunch, they do in some way actually slide their foot out. Because hmm. they're just releasing hard. They're not trying to they're not leaning against it.
1: Well, it's another another one of the areas that I think that people have, have been able to bring into their game, you know, versus maybe some old school thinking in which said you had to be really planted and solid and have that really solid base if you're gonna wind I'm up.
0: I'm thinking about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I play in I play in spikeless shoes now, which, you know, two years ago I would never have dreamt of playing in, in spikeless shoes because that very concept and now
0: thinking about the stability. when you know, I w- It's like it's irrelevant.
1: When when I watch uh slow-mo, you know, old boy Ross with the slow turning hips and thinking about how do I get some of that uh yeah, how do I keep my uh, power up, which is, you yeah, know, for me, my strength in my game. Yeah, you know, my short game's rubbish, but my long game is what keeps me closer to the green and hitting a little bit less club in than than average. Um I, I took the spikes out and I started watching a bit of the slow mo and I started watching how my feet were moving. And and the old boy's feet were, were slipping and sliding, wasn't having a dis- disruptive impact on the on the quality of the strike or the distance, and was letting me to do what I wanted to do, what I was trying to do. So um, as
0: long as it's almost like as long as you can stay balanced, and swing as hard as you can within yourself, it doesn't matter.
1: By yeah. no way is that a disclaimer comparing my my game to Bryson's game. Absolutely not. But it is one way that I think that uh, that I've looked at to think about things differently and. What I was going to say before is if you look at something, I haven't certainly, I was at work today, haven't looked at all of the commentary. If there was ever a whole time when the polarising – opinion of Bryson and, and the pros and the cons and the whys and the whys-nots and the how long and how short and the game and the and what's good and what's not good for the game, it's all come out today. And, you know, it's it's like everything that you've ever ever raised is, is all there in the Twitters. Eamon Lynch, what a great article and a whole load of stuff.
0: Oh, I've, well, as you know, I've had a, I'm on, I think I'm nearly three weeks sober on the social media except for Instagram, I think, you yeah, know, because I've got to post my lawn pictures. Um. But yeah, this PGA, you know, you have Brooks doing his thing. Brooks doing his thing at the U.S. Open. <laughs> then there's a confrontation with Brooks and, and Bryson regarding the slow play stuff, and and then he misses a cup at the at the British Open. Oh, okay. Sorry, I shouldn't have said British Open. The Open Championship. And it's August, and he goes, "That's it. I'm, I'm." Going to bulk up and try and hit it longer. I need to hit it longer, and we saw what he was like at um, by the time he got to the Presidents Cup. He's huge, and he got bigger after that. I think he said he's at two thirty-five. He wants to be at two forty-five by the Masters, and then he's now he's he's doing this. There's, there's a European guy that did this a while back, and it didn't work. But he's going to try it to try and get another fifteen to twenty, and he's testing. With Cobra and a shaft company that he actually has a stake in, 48 inch driver.
1: That's, that's what he said in his press conference, uh, you know, that he, he's not going to stop. He's not going to go out party. He's definitely not going to get on the drink because he, he stays away from that. He might have a little bit of a, uh, a celebratory disco dance, but he'll be back out there next week testing a 48 inch driver.
0: What can you say? I'm looking forward to seeing what happens.
1: Obviously, he, you know, he's trying to create his influential stamp. You know, we talked about those other two people that he sits now alongside as the three holders of, you know, three of the biggest titles in, in U.S. golf, NCAA, U.S. Amateur, and U.S. Open. They all had a supreme influence. I, he, that's not lost on him. He wants to have, in whether it's a narcissistic way, I believe that he wants to have this supreme influence when people look back, when you and I are older, old guys looking back and seeing the man that had a supreme influence. I don't think it's going to stop.
0: He might be the man that brings equipment back.
1: Well, that's that's the-, the
0: the change of equipment. He potentially is the man that has broken the system and has now you've got the like the USGN and RNA going. Oh no, Genie is re- Genie was out of the bottle before, and they just couldn't be bothered putting it back in. And now they're trying to grab it, and it's like, oh no, now it's really slippery. Oh, we, oh, oh, we can't, oh, whoops,
1: Well, it's likely, you know, this was supposed to be indefensible, you know, this course. You know, it was supposed to be, according to, you know, the pundit sitting opposite me now, you know, plus three was supposed to be the lowest score. Now,
0: I said, yeah, I called plus two.
1: Plus two, or plus three. And
0: I'll tell you what, when you think about it, except for Bryson, I'm pretty close.
1: That's another valid point that was also raised by a number of the, the pros and the con speakers today is, well, it's only him, and if you take him out, everyone else is still fairly normal.
0: Well, you think about today, it was one of those things where if there's one thing, right? So there's, you think about 2020 has been really, really weird. They've, they were able to move the U S open and it's in New York and move it to September, which is autumn and can be tricky, but at the same time, it's a positive because then it's not June when it's really, can be really humid and yuck. So, the things I had to do to try and maintain the course would probably is not as extreme as, as what they would have had to do back in June. But then you've got different weather conditions and stuff like that. Um, and then you've got the extremities of some of the course and they're trying to balance it out because they're probably looking at the weather forecast and it's like, if it gets a bit windy, it's going to dry things out. We, we, you know, Gil Hans has restored a lot of the greens back to the original complexes. Um, and, and made them bigger, so reclaimed a lot of this the the um, core features of the greens that didn't exist before.
1: And um, and just on that, certainly bought a number of players unstuck or gave them gave them the heebie-jeebies in any point in the rounds along the way.
0: Oh, it was it was it was a thing of beauty, and so you look at the scoring on day one and everyone's like, oh! Then you look at the scoring on day two, people are still like having a conniption. Then, But the thing is, though you could see how it was changing. Like, they were just, it was like on the edge, right? They were just making sure it stayed on the edge and they were just slowly dialing it up. And then you saw yesterday and again, a couple of really good rounds, but at the same time, like as each day went forward, there were less and less people that were under par and the course got harder and harder and harder. And the beauty is that the the thing that happened with this US Open compared to others is that, first of all, the, the greens didn't become chopped up because they didn't push them to the edge. But at the same time, they pushed them just, just enough and they put the pins in enough of the right spots to make it really challenging for the players. And it showed. And so the course, you got to go hats off to the USGA in terms of how they set everything up, the superintendents wing Wingfoot, because it was a phenomenal championship. It was an amazing championship. Um, there was a couple of things, and, and I'll bring these up a bit later, that could have been done differently, and that's not actually anything on the USGA or, or the course. Um, but from a, from an overall standpoint, it was four days of just awesome golf, and it was still a tough test. DJ shot even par on the last day, and picked up
1: 20 spots. Mm. It was the lowest round on the last on the last day. There was only he and... Um,
0: there was about e- four players that yeah. shot even par. Eric Van Royen. And- he shot even par and finished tied for sixth. He mm. went from outside the top 20 to tied for sixth. Unbelievable. And Bryson shot three under. And it wasn't like one of those fluky three-unders. It was... He earned every one of those. Mm. It was just... It was a clinic. Was yep. Literally a clinic.
1: Now, well, we've branched off into... Other finishes. Your tips, my tips.
0: Well, Cole stank. He was terrible. Too much. What? Yeah, he had a, he had a couple of stretches where uh, it looked like he found his game in the second round, and then he just he just fell apart. I, I, I don't know. He, he, since the PGA's form has been, um, and then my other one, my backup one, which was um, the driver doper, he actually drove it quite. Terrible. And the unfortunate thing for for Xander is that he, he had these two or three hole stretches every round early where he was just – the first five holes, he was just having a – just a shocker. And he'd lose a couple of shots. Then he'd pick him up in the middle and then he would just have another string of bogeys. And he did it again. He did it, he did it again the final round. All he had to do was get off to a good solid start, even if he's just – even par through five – and, and in, in just in in a good rhythm, but no, bogeys till the first five, you know, and then he has a bit of a climb back, you know, between, um, you know, between six and nine, and and then he just kind of blows it, you know, on eleven. I think he had four buggies in a row. We
1: well, finished plus four and had plus four on the final day, so. Yeah, you know, boy, had he,
0: he, he birdied the last. I think he birdied the last, but he before that he had four. He had a run of four or five buggies in a row. He just fell over. He he, he was he was all week. He was he was just this. He was up and down. He yeah. was up and down.
1: The top twenty, really, you know, it's full of names that you would expect to be in those positions. A couple of uh, notable so, notable. Uh,
0: your your pick, the babysitter.
1: Webb, T. Eight. Solid and uh, and also my second pick was Justin Thomas. So obviously leading by a he margin.
0: Horrible in
1: the final t- final stretch. Yep, absolutely shot plus two. When when was his downfall? It was
0: every round, every day.
1: Justin Thomas. <laughs> his
0: his first round was really good. Yeah, but it was but he was all over the place. He was. I think he had two fairways. Mm. Actually, no, sorry, he had about five fairways when he shot that first round sixty six. But he shot – I think he shot three over in the second round, hit two fairways, and and it wasn't like – and most of the misses, they weren't little misses either. Mm. Like how he shot 73, he should have shot 83. He was bad.
1: It, it did look like he was just holding it together <laughs> and not much more, but uh, held it somewhat together, but yeah. Obviously, wasn't to, didn't get it done. But the rest, of the, the rest of the guys at the top there, obviously one of our own favourites, the Mattress King.
0: Yes, Louis. It's his putter. his putter. Unfortunately, his putter let him down again. Mm. He was playing some really, really good golf. Oh, which hole was it? I think it was it was eight. He had a good run going. He birdied seven or he birdied eight. Nearly eagled nine. I think it was ten. I think it was ten. He's, he's, he hit one hit one short and then chipped it long. Oh, oh, there was a couple. I think it was 11 and 12. 10, 11, 12, he sort of lost it there. Where if he just held on a little bit, he could have, if he had himself a couple under, he might have been able to apply some pressure. But, you know, conditions were tough. Conditions were tough.
1: Now, what do you know about this young fella? Probably the, one of the biggest stories. Z- Zalatoris. Zalatoris.
0: The unluckiest man alive should have had two hole-in-ones in his second round.
1: Unbelievable, wasn't it? Unbelievable.
0: Robbed. Absolutely robbed. Robbed.
1: So he's a Corn Ferry player?
0: I think so. I don't know enough about him. Yeah. But
1: Either he I, played but
0: really, really well. Yeah, solid. Yeah. So I think if he's finished, I think he finished tight. Six. Six. That'll get him into the Masters. Next Shop.
1: year. Yep. Not this year, next year. Shot plus one in the final round, so plus five overall. Uh Raw's up there, plus five in the final round. So he was
0: horrible. Yes.
1: Yeah, just another one that just sort of was sort of there, but just hung yeah. it together.
0: Think, again, he's another one of the I don't know. I'm worried about Rory. Anakin.
1: Who else? What about uh P Reid? Had a little moment there which was uh, called out on the Twitter spheres for uh another questionable another questionable um Movement of the club behind the ball uh, Arguably improving his lie Which once again caused a bit of conniption Amongst the, uh, the followers and the fans
0: How he was hitting it In the first four holes Of the third round I thought he was going to run away with it He was, I watched his second I watched most of his second round I watched, and all of his third round The shots he hit in the first Four holes Of the third round I thought, he is going to like run away with this thing because like he was just seemed like he had it on a string. And then by the time he got to the 10th, I think it was, he's, he's come through the front nine and I think he still had like a good lead. And then it just, I don't know what happened. It literally just blew up. It literally blew up. I reckon the karma, but you know, people talk about karma's not a thing. I reckon the karma bus just went that's it. I've had enough of this rubbish. I'm coming to take you out, sunshine. And not only did it drive over him, I reckon beep, 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 beep backed back over him and drove back <laughs> over him again.
1: The Karma, the karma bus. The Karma bus.
0: Drove oh, over him, dear. backed over him, and then drove back over him again. And, but the, here's the uh, thing. Is that I, as much as Patrick – here's the thing. Patrick Reed, as a golfer, if you just take everything else away – he's another one, like Bryson – as a golfer, he is beautiful to watch. Like, mm. what he does with a golf ball is amazing. Yeah. The unfortunate thing, he is just a horrible human being.
1: Look, it's widely reported that what I don't like to see, you know, transgressions of questionable movements with the club pressing grass down behind the ball – and,
0: and that's 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 the one that really got highlighted. There are more that happened during that round that were questionable. Was and, more- and and it's and it's and it's and, it's, and it, here's the thing, right? If it was the only time he'd done it, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But the thing is though, he has form. So he has there's there's like there's no there's no wiggle room for this. Like he has he has form. Form, And not like a little bit of form. It's like form.
1: Who impressed you, Rocket? What, are, what were your, what were your other highlights? So here's obviously mine. We talked about the uh, Lucas with an L and Lucas with a K. Lucas with uh, Lucas with a C. Sorry, Lucas with a C, not Lucas with a Lucas Herbert. Herbert, the French, the French Bendigo the French, Australian, the, the,
0: the, yeah, the, the, the French, Bendigo man,
1: the French Bend ben, Bendigo Australian, uh, top Australian, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, fantastic, I reckon. And, unfor- and
0: unfortunately, he run a bogeys on the last on the run home. last yeah, three last round, four. He was one under with like four to play. Yeah, had an absolute just blinder going. Although those last four holes, he's so tough.
1: Yeah, but a solid result for Herbie. You know, like he's had obviously a different yeah. preparation to many. You know, he chose to to come home from Europe and not play in the, that European uh, yeah. stretch. He went to the states. A month or so ago, played a couple of events. He he ground away and he was never too far away in terms of, you know, didn't go deep, didn't go up, didn't let it blow out. Uh, stuck fat when it was time to stick fat. Got Just up and a down a few great, times, you know, a couple yeah. of great highlighted uh, bunker chip shots into the hole. But it was good to see uh, Herbie finish, you know, by a couple of shots, uh, the leading Australian. And then the, the other guys were bunched up there, Jay Day, A. Scott, Cam Smith, all at plus 14, mixed results for those guys you know the, the, talking about the greens there there was one time I can't remember what hole it was you know, my, my memory for hole numbers is long gone but um jason day hit what i thought was a really good shot from from distance i think it was into a par five and where it bounced where it was tracking how you thought it was going to run up to the hole you thought this is good and all of a sudden it just took this big elephant hump hill turn left and what should have been five feet ended up 55 feet away and and that was the difference between scoring well and, and not you know like Two foot further to the where right. To miss
0: it, where to miss it? Yep. Just miss it in the right spot, huh? Where you know? Do you do you miss it short and have a twenty footer, or are you trying to go for the pin? And if you gets rejected, you could have a fifty footer. That's just it's just the beauty of that. It's the beauty of that course. Seven players shot eighty or more. Brutal. So
1: you've nice. got the you've got the rollback head on there, Rocket. Yep. You, there's not much that you. Uh, don't do without a purpose So why have you got the rollback hat on?
0: Because the man I was impressed with Is the, the babysitter Webb Simpson
1: So why do you align Webb Simpson To the rollback hat?
0: Because He hit the same number of fairways As Bryson for the week And finished 12 shots behind So we'll go through the statistics Because As a scientist The data don't lie Off the tee, Webb gained 0.15. Bryson, 5.38 shots gained. Approach, Webb, minus 1.39. So he lost a shot and a half to the field. Bryson, 6.98, nearly seven. So right there, he's got those 12 shots, tee to green. He hit the same number of fairways as Bryson, driving distance average, 310 versus 325. But as we know, driving distance is not measured on every hole. It's not measured on hole, on, on drives that miss a fairway. And if everyone paid attention to where Bryson was hitting it, uh, he wasn't on average 15 yards p- past most people. If he was playing with, uh, with Webb Simpson... He would be probably 30 to 40 past Webb Simpson on most occasions. So all of a sudden, let's say if Webb's hitting from the rough, around about the same time that Bryson's hitting from the rough, one person's hitting a nine iron, the other person is trying to gouge it out with a six or a five. Strokes gained approach. Then around the greens, Webb uh, gained three and a half, Bryson five and a half. On the greens, Webb, who is a really good putter, gained eight. Bryson gained four and a half. But again, the 12-shot difference was tee to green. No one can ever say that bomb and gouge and just hitting it as long as humanly possible and as long as your wedge game and you're around the greens and your putting and chipping is good, that it's not going to dominate. Webb Simpson, we all know that he is not the longest person on the planet, but the thing is, though, what we do know is that his iron play is this man from Three Wood Inn is probably one of the best on the planet. But when you have a course that renders that mute, because it enables people to basically just run the gauntlet and just slash and bash away, because. That's how the course has enabled them to do it, and you're coming into the greens with shorter clubs.
1: How does rolling it back fix it? It's, the relativity is still the same, is well, it not?
0: Well, it's not – well, no. So here's the thing, is that the differential between the longest people and the course and the strategy, it's, there's multiple things. It's not one thing. It's not the ball. It's not just the ball. It's, it's actually the driver. So the ability – so here's the thing, is that now – The driver, you can swing as hard as you want and the dispersion rate of a miss when you're swinging at that club head speed is so low compared to 10 to 15, five years ago, compared to 10 years ago, compared to 15 years ago. Usually when you were the longest, you were probably also not the most accurate. So there's a trade-off between people that are accurate versus people that are long. And the people that would have the advantage were the people that figured out how to be the longest and straightest drivers, like the, the the rankings of total driving on tour. Pick out names of longest, straightest drivers.
1: Well, you only have to look Jack, at Greg, yeah, Greg Norman. Shark. Yeah. Tiger. Oh, yeah. Probably
0: Greg. Probably Adam Greg. Scott. Yeah. Rory.
1: Yeah.
0: I actually think Rory, I was thinking about this today. Why has Rory not been successful in the last six years? Equipment, I actually think, has now rendered his advantage as the longest, straightest driver of the golf ball in his generation, null and void. The advantage that he and Adam Scott had in the last 10 years, mute. Mm. Done. Goodbye. Doesn't exist.
1: For those of you that uh, will remember the Greg Norman era, you know he was one of the supreme driver of his era with a Persimmon, and a ballata ball, you know, he hit it further than anyone and straighter. And that's why he spent 300 and, you know, 11, 11 weeks, 311 weeks at world number one, which is unheard of pretty much.
0: The, the stat that the PGA tour brought in distance, your ranking of distance plus your driving accuracy. And they called it total driving. Greg Norman led that category in like three years in a row. Mm. That means you're the longest straightest driver. And that was when he was at the top of the world. Right now, you, can be, you just need to be the longest. You just need to hit it long and chip and putt really well. That's it. Iron play, I can, it, it's, it's null and void. I actually think Bryson, Bryson's not a great iron player. He's good. He's not a great wedge player. He's made it better. He's not a great putter. He's just not as streaky. He's more consistent. What he's enabled himself to do is he put it all together in the one week and it's successful. Webb Simpson, I think, as an iron player, is amazing. But the well, thing is that, you know, this, wouldn't, is, this is the example of the difference in equipment.
1: Mm. Well, I think, once again, you've, you've summed it up quite, uh, quite nicely there, and your friends at the Rollback Alliance, where you are the reigning rollback Southerly Buster champion um, uh, would be would be very grateful for the, for your analysis there, and I did notice that the boys did put out a, a tweet there that uh, today well, it was from Caddy I think about this and uh, yeah in reference to one of the articles, and you should go and have a look at all these different articles because it just ebbs and flows with different opinions on, on the whole the whole game, and it's you know if you want to learn sort of where we all sit and where Rocket thinks and where I think and where the game thinks and where the manufacturers think, just go and read around all the material that's out there at the moment based on what's happened today, and you'll get a fair idea of oh, why, so why we're all. And
0: here's the thing: I'll, I'll talk about so I'll, there's a couple of other things I'd love to talk about more about the broadcast and things that we probably missed um, before, but I'll finish on the. So when I was younger, and the reason I brought up the, the TaylorMade Burner Plus, um, when I was younger, I'd figured out how to swing it fast. And I was only small. I'm not the biggest, you know, I reckon I would have been lucky to be 60 kilos in my distance prime. Um, but that was back when it was just the small metal heads and I'd, I was using the old MaxFly HT100s. Actually, was at the nineties because they spun a little bit less, Um, and I used to hit those things at country mile, and then obviously as I got older, I took a bit of hiatus from the game, and so equipment in a ten-year period changed dramatically. I'm like, oh, geez, I actually, I better actually play catch-up here, and I remember the first big driver I bought was the TaylorMade Nine. No R11, R11s, and I remember I still I'd spent a bit of time just sort of trying to get my um, golfs, call it fitness back, and I still had a bit more swing speed then because we're talking this is like ten years ago.
1: What did you have before the R11? What did you go from to get into the R11 out of interest?
0: Tell me, burn a bubble.
1: So you had you went burn a bubble and then missed like the R540 that. You know, the R7. Oh, actually,
0: no, sorry. I, 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 uh, I tell a lie. So I had a tailor-made – no, not a tailor-made. I had a tireless, uh 975D for a while.
1: Yeah, another classic. That
0: was
1: amazing. Club, that 905, was. The 905 was the driver that changed, Yeah, you know, the game. The R510 for the better player, the tailor-made R510. No, so
0: I missed that. So if, if you go 975, which is like Tiger mm. 2001, oh, that was I had that driver up until twenty. 11, 2010. Yeah, wow. So all of a sudden, I, I and I remember I played a, I played an event up in Queensland, and I was just, it was it was a bit of a hit and giggle event, and it was at Sanctuary Cove, par five ninth. I was reasonably loose, and I started just unleashing on a few, and I was using the tailor-made ball as well. And, Oh, smashing it, smashing it. I hit, two, I, I hit one two ninety, and then I had another one who's a, a mate of mine who'd had a remember which hole, I was 14, I think it was, out the back, and he'd already had longest drive and he smacked it out there. Um, he gave give me the bird because he was in front of me, so I just decided to tee it up and hit it straight at him and I pitched it right next to his cart that he was in. So it was... Where he was, drove it to, I landed it and it went another 30 past that. I think I hit about 320. I, I could tell that the, that was the club and the ball. Like I'd never hit it like that when I was younger. If I hit about 270, 260, 270 on average, and I was pumping a few 270, 280 as a whippersnapper, but not like that. I'm th- I was, you know, what am I, nearly 35, hadn't played for 10 years and I've I've launched a couple north of 280, 290. It's now at a point where as long as you get your swing speed and I was thinking about it again, I'm like, I need to figure out, go back to just doing some things that I used to do as a kid and just get my swing speed back up. I reckon if I got my swing speed back closer to where it was 10 years ago, I'll gain 30. Easy. The equipment's there.
1: Well, Rocket, if I can give you a little recommendation of some products to use during this time. it's a couple that I have sitting right here beside me, and one could help you with that, the Orange Whip. Great product, great tool for, for swing sequencing, but all with its weighted ball, you can swing that for 10, 15 minutes as far, fast as you want. But also the speed sticks. The speed sticks are a little bit different. They're hit and, hit and miss for me, and that, you can see the, the speed sticks popping out of the tops of the bags of most of these guys that are chasing you know extra distance.
0: I've got one in the garage. It's the so it's got the big yellow ball on the end of it. And it's got the long whippy
1: Yeah, that's the orange whip. Yeah.
0: Oh that's it. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Oh, I need to
1: swing use it. Swing that every day, flat out, left and right handed. Flat out for as long as you can. Left and right handed. Do the do the, the right, exercise. Are we?
0: September. Right.
1: Do the exercise. Do some flexibility exercises and uh, get the hammies and the glutes activated and then swing that left and right handed, both sides. <laughs> Activations. <laughs> Uh,
0: so but, let's, yeah. see if I, let's see if I can do that till Christmas.
1: Let's Just to see digress. My, d- see,
0: if, d- see if my Christmas present is 30 yards.
1: Just to d- digress for a little second there on uh, some other tools that I've been using during this lockdown period, the perfect practice putting mat. You may notice that as the one that DJ uses or the one that Paige Renee um, has had in a video where she actually swings the, the putter, uh, she calls it the, the wall lock or something between uh, some of her assets um, with her dog watching on. Um, it's a great video the perfect practice putting mat is unbelievable i can't i can't put my putter down i posted a little video i putted with every putter that i've got in the house and i think there's about 35 putters and i just sat here on a saturday night in lockdown draining six footers i didn't drain them all but i drained more than i, than I missed uh in this perfect putt practice mat it rolls beautifully it's got the little uphill and two holes the best thing is there's two holes there's a big normal size hole rocket and a small hole You get used to holding it into that small hole. The big hole seems like a bucket. And the ball just rolls back to you. It's beautiful. I love it.
0: It's just training the strike.
1: That's it. Just training the strike. So uh, we digress there. That's not a word from our sponsors. I paid for all of those products that I use. (laughs) Every product that I do have, I've either collected (laughs) and paid for myself. So there's no freebies here, all right? But if anyone wants to give Rocket a sleeve of tailor-made balls, they're more than welcome to. Rocket, what else? (laughs) What else, mate?
0: Um... I was, I've been thinking about this one for a while because a lot of the sports that have come back in the COVID era and you know don't have a lot of crowds. And I've got to give a shout, shout out to one of our listeners, um, because um, he posted a video. Actually, no, he sent it to me. I think, but it was really, really good. And it had me, and it was like that it sparked the thinking, been sort of mulling around in my head. And I look at since the. This US Open especially on this course, um, and I'll preface it with, I understand the challenges that TV broadcasters might be faced with. However, sometimes you sacrifice some things to gain, you make a sacrifice to gain something great. And I think the missed opportunity in this major specifically was not showing size and scale. Too many camera shots are stock standard, been doing the same rubbish for the last 50 years, camera angle right behind the player. So then you've got your shot, you know, your shot tracker, when you've got all this scale, size, and largesse. And we the punters, like we see a shot or it rolls off. But the thing is though the perspective that we're given is too high and we're not given any depth or understanding of what the golfers are faced with. So why aren't these broadcasters taking a risk and instead of doing the camera shot from behind the player, go from the side, go from an angle when it shows the pitch of the green, the slope, the angles, where the pin is. It doesn't have to be perfect and like give this perfect shot from behind the hole or behind the player. Why can't why aren't they coming in from an angle so then we can see where the player is? And they actually see the, 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 the elevation, all the, the bumps and all those sort of things because we're the viewer we want to be going, oh, my God, I can't, oh, now I know why that shot's so hard because if, look at all the slope and where this pin's tucked. It's just tucked on this little ledge because the camera angles we get, we can't see that it's tucked on like a dish. Mm. Imagine if this was at Augusta. I, people talk about the, the slopes and stuff like that, but Wingfoot – was perfect to show the showcase, the course, the greens, the architecture, and, and but give fans another perspective. Like, we've got no there's no crowds there, so they could have done camera angles, roaming guys in different spots, and it wouldn't have impacted or impeded the viewing crowd. Like, just show something different, but we got the same stuff. It's a missed opportunity. And yeah. then I saw some of these clips, and the the one that pop sent. It was perfect. It's like this angle, and you look at it and you go, "Oh, imagine if they they didn't have to show all the time, but show at least thirty percent of your broadcast. Get some angles to show the the scale of this course, and it would have been breathtaking. But it's a missed opportunity.
1: We, we just have to look at that uh, the picture that you've got in the background there, even Damn. just as, even just as a yeah. stock image. You know, it it shows a bit of that and. You know, you you probably saw a little bit of that if you watched the 18th hole today, for example, and Bryson's shot into the green there where it came up a little bit short. And then they had that side angle at one point there where it showed the ball Uh, running down the front edge.
0: Lucas, Lucas McKell, Lucas Lucas McKell
1: was there,
0: (laughs) had the video from the green side and you could see...
1: You stand on the back. Like yeah,
0: you look at it. And you go, "What? Imagine if they showed that angle with with shots coming in like that would just blow your mind on TV." Mm.
1: That's one thing that I think the the European tour and the European uh, broadcasters you know, have learnt. You know, they've got their own challenges as well. Um, you know, they get criticised for being a little bit boring sometimes. Not the commentary, but they have been over the journey. But I think what they have learnt is when they're on a the links course to really show. The listener or the viewer, sorry, what a Lynx course is all about, and they do spend a bit of time showing the humps and the bumps and the hills and the hollows and everything yeah. that makes that Lynx course a Lynx course. And I think get
0: the camera angles, get them yeah. down a bit lower, yeah, right. So then you can see like what 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 they're faced with or come from a different angle yep. to see, you know, you know, to give it pers- actual p- perspective.
1: Yeah, it's a, look, it's a valid. It, well, obviously, it's a valid point, but what makes it more valid is this lack of crowd because. I was watching, it and I thought, "Well, it's it seems nice that there's no crowd and the peacefulness of just watching guys play golf." But it does add a lot to the the viewer experience. Yeah, obviously, take a risk. Yeah,
0: take a risk of a free swing.
1: So, yeah,
0: and try it. And if if it if it sucks, guess what? Go to Twitter. And you'll probably hear about it.
1: But yeah, no, it's a, it's a solid point, uh, Rocket, and. You know, hopefully they can do that in the rest of these tournaments. For no, they won't
0: pro- do it. They'll just, they'll just stick with what they know, right? Yeah. Well, that, some of these Some of these – the only – and that's the disappointing thing about Fox not having the US Open or walking away from it because they were the ones that were – they would probably see that and they probably would have done something like yeah. that where all the others, they're just they're, – they're not adventurous.
1: Yeah. Well, they did a lot of talking about how great Wingfoot was and probably, as you, as you point out, they didn't show it off in – probably best can, of, for the viewer. All I
0: can say is we're lucky that the international broadcast, so the, having no Fox, the best thing about that is the international broadcaster, they hired um, Shane Bacon, and he is phenomenal. Yeah. He is, he is an amazing golf broadcaster. So thank goodness he was. we got him for 70% of the time because every time they cut back to NBC and we got to hear Paul Lazinger, oh, stab me with a... Bunker
1: rake. Once again, not without controversy following Paul Azinger. He was, uh, once again, looking the Twitters there and you can see that he's been held and dragged over the coals for...
0: He's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> he's terrible.
1: Um. Also, just a shout-out to Pultz there. You can follow Pultz, at, uh, and he's growing in his followership. Pultz, at P-O-U-L-T-S. One thing that I have to give props to Pultz for in this lockdown period... is trivia. He's been organising some trivia... How good is that? And it's just seven or eight guys once a week catching up, playing trivia. Anyone can play. You just email him, jump onto uh, you know a Zoom style meeting, and he runs through three rounds of about ten or twenty questions. Trivia over the ages, and it's so much fun. Uh, he jumped. He got me involved uh, the other week. Well, I, I wanted to go and play, and I didn't. I didn't win, but I, I was. I got it about three questions in. I gone. Oh, this is hard. This is oh, really. Was
0: that was, was that about three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Yeah,
1: you were you were responsible for some of the questions there, Rocket. Yeah, uh, so. Well, he he came to me and he said, "Oh, do you, do you want to play?" And I said, yeah, "Yeah, I'll play." He said, "Oh, do you want to?" You know come up with some questions and I said, oh, mate, I'm not the man for questions for trivia. You need to go to the, the one and only, the Rocket. And when I caught up <laughs> with, with Poults, he, he just said, mate, Rocket was unbelievable. He, he could have written five trivia quizzes for me. But um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. He's got a lot of uh, sponsors, a lot of people have jumped on board to, to yeah. help him out. And it's just been one of these great things that, uh, you know, he's got the golf community in Melbourne uh, doing in this lockdown period. So It's good fun. Good fun. Dave Poulton, well done, mate. Congratulations to you. It's been fun Rocket We've gone for an hour I thought we'd go for 20 minutes
0: Nah but it's the US Open There's so so much to cover And I think um, again.
1: You got anything else In in closing
0: Uh, Bryson was awesome It's as simple as that He's still going to be The fraudulent physicist I'm Quite tired of All the commentators Talking about his science And calculations And stuff like that Which is Kind of rubbish And But that's okay He's just going to be a content machine, and who knows what's going to happen. We've got another—we've eight weeks to the Masters, a lot of really good events over the next eight weeks. It's going to be fun.
1: I did think of you on Saturday night when he had finished his round. They were walking by him as he was walking down to the range because he wanted to work on his driving, and I can't remember the exact verbatim interview, but uh, he did reference that he was going to work on his realities. Look, credit where credit's due, yeah. Bryson, it was an aw- awesome win, and uh, in in celebratory style, I brought my one-length irons home from work today, they now reside here in what is now the uh, reclaimed golf den, which is oh. what I'm establishing here in this podcast studio, I've got the golf den, I've got the perfect putt mat, I've got the 35 putters, I've got my set of golf clubs over there, a couple of different bags, and now, Bryson, in commemoration of your win at this year's 2020 US Open. The one-length Cobras are sitting in the other spare bag over there. They're one of the only I've sets. I've got the
0: Hershey's. You know, I drank some Hershey's milkshake tonight.
1: When, I, when I've kept a set of golf clubs for more than more than three years or since those one-lengths came out, it means the fascination is real. <laughs> it's ongoing. And I haven't got rid of them, Bryson. That's why you're in the background behind me and not Rocket. Me holding the cup, pretending to hold your cup as I sit beside you. You'll see it on the photo on the on the Instagrams, pretending to be, be you, Bryson. Well done, mate. Well done. It's just full of chocolate milk, that trophy. He did have the chocolate milk as his drink of choice at, that was
0: funny. at
1: the press conference. And once again, I laughed at your content because you had gone early, you'd say the winner is in that whatever whoever put that out uh,
0: who, who, what are they <laughs> going to do with the trophy or something what are they going to be doing and i said drinking chocolate milk from it
1: at about 5am this morning you were way yeah. ahead of everyone else rocket and that was uh, two fantastic.
0: holes i saw two holes and i'm like no
1: nah. he's, he's going to win you're he's going to be
0: drinking chocolate milk from it
1: rocket it's been great the music's playing great to catch up with you two times in uh, under a few days we'll see you soon mate right,
0: Cheers